Hello and welcome to a very special episode of uh, Velo Govern the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And I say a very special episode because we got a lot to, to go through because uh, you remember last week when we talked about the Channel Awesome thing? Yeah. Uh, no, not last week. Two weeks ago. Sorry. My yeah. <laughs> Just so much shit happened since then. Uh, we talked about a Google. I think I said this on the episode before this. I said once that Google Doc drops, it's going to fucking destroy them. And oh boy! <laughs> yeah, for those who are wondering, if you want to read the Google Doc, all you need to do is put in "channel awesome," "not so awesome" into Google search engine. You're more likely will find it. Or anyone that has talked about this, go look on the Twitter page. There's more likely has linked towards it, or go on YouTube for that matter. There's someone's going to link it somewhere. Like, uh, I, I think it's amazing because I don't think I've ever seen, because April, what was it, April 7th, I think it was like the 7th or 6th, yeah. so many videos on YouTube got uploaded about this, like in record time, like so many yeah. fucking videos, and i never seen that happen ever, not since like what, even the Logan Paul thing didn't get as many videos like uploaded in record time as this did. And yeah. I think that's because more people are familiar with Channel Awesome than they are Logan Paul. Yeah, and the thing is that Channel Awesome been around, I want to say, for over 10 years. Yeah, they've been around for over 10 years now. So, yeah, like you said, people are going to be recognizing them more than they are what they're right now. So it's very, very interesting of what's happening at the moment on the ins and outs on Channel Awesome and about all the formal content for creators. And this document does bring to light a lot, and I mean a lot, of dirty little secrets, which we are going to be talking about on this podcast. And I, and I will say this right now. Um, I'm not here to shit talk anyone. I am not here to to accuse these people of lying or whatever. Even though like some some of their some of their claims are do seem a little bit petty. I'm not I'm just gonna say that out there right now. Some of them are a little bit petty. But most of it, like I would say ninety like ninety uh ninety nine percent of it is like legit. Yeah, and, and there's people, like one, there's like one percent of it. It's it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, and the thing is that a few people have come forward after the document who actually contributed this. I've actually made videos and have commented, and I think Mysterious um, Looper leaked recently. I want to say yesterday or a few days ago, released a video doing a follow up on this document and how it exploded. Like we just mentioned, how this news just exploded on the internet and everyone knows about it now. Yeah, because I don't think any. Like, so many YouTube videos have been uploaded on this, and I think if you're going to watch any one of them, watch uh, Down the Rabbit Hole's uh, live stream of him reading the document. It is hilarious and sad. <laughs> yeah, and he's a great YouTuber. Go and subscribe to him as well. That goes without saying. <laughs> there's there's your plug, Fred. There's your plug. <laughs> <laughs> We're both fans. Yeah. Um, you can't tell. And, um... And I will say this, like right now, I'm not, I'm not jumping on this because oh, I want attention or whatever. I, I could give a, a rat's ass if anyone's listening to this. To be quite honestly, I'm, I'm just doing this for fun. And I, I'm, and the reason I'm talking about this specifically and, and devoting an entire episode to it is because after this, I'm not talking about this anymore. So if yeah. you have like, if you want me to talk about Channel Awesome after this, then um, tough shit. <laughs> Unless, unless you know any anyone from Channel Awesome, you know, wants to come on here and and you know give their side of the story, I'm more than happy to give them a platform. Yeah, I'm just saying that right now. You know, if you want to come on, you know, fucking on the show, 
you know, be my guest. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no. No. So, you know, if, 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 you know, if someone, you know, from that, from that website wants to contact me and, you know, wants to talk it out, I'll give him platform. But other than that, I'm not going to talk about this after this episode. So it's going to be a long episode. I'm just going to put that out there. It might be like an hour or 30 something minutes long of this, but there's, there's a lot, lot there's, there's a lot to cover. And, and I think, um, I will cover the most egregious shit first because this disgusted me personally. And that is the treatment of Holly. Oh yeah. The treatment of Holly was disgusting. For those of wondering who Holly is, she was the HR for the company of Channel Awesome and that guy with the glasses. She was an admin. She was the HR for the company. They barely listened to her. 5% of the time, maybe. That's probably generous, she says. Mike Mashad is it, Mike Mashad is not the sole owner, but he does own the you know nostalgia critic IP. So you know Doug can't leave, like he cannot leave the site because. How uh, on earth did he Mike Mashad manage to talk both to to give him the IP rights to nostalgia cricket? Seriously, how? Because no one else wanted to be the CEO of the company. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, there were two other CEOs of the company at the time. Um. Mike Ellis, who they do talk about in this document, and Bargo, I can't remember what it's saying. I can't, yeah, not, Bar- Bar- gonna... I think Bargo seemed like the most sane person to, 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 to you know, be, be around out of all of them, and that's kind of yeah. sad when you think yeah. about it. And from what I remember, Bargo went off to do his own stuff within the media. Uh, Mike Ellis basically was forced out. We will talk about that. Oh, he's a fucking we... nut job. Yeah, we will talk about that while we're on the Holly section. We'll get to that. And Mike Mashad just seems like a royally big piece of shit. The scumbag, the deal. Yeah, with. I will say this right now. The only person I'm gonna bury in this fucking podcast there are two people: Mike Mashad and 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 uh, what's his face, uh, Mike Ellis. Those are yeah. the only two people I'm gonna fucking just bury. I have no respect for these two individuals. They can all fucking eat shit and die for all I, for all I fucking care. So yeah, Mike Mashad. Uh... Is the sole owner of Channel Awesome, but he doesn't. He does own the Massage Critic IP, like we said, um, and also he's the majority shareholder as well. So he owns most of the shares within the company. Doug and Rob also own shares of the company, but Mike Michelle own the majority shares. So I'm wondering, how did he get the majority of the share? They're first three CEOs of the company. Did they just directly sold them all to Mike Michelle? I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, got no idea. I'm really curious to see one of their contracts because, from what I sound like for their contract dealing, it sounds really, really scummy, really causality and stuff like that. And I'll just think to myself, they. Uh, but yeah, should we uh, talk about uh, none of us? Straight from Holly's mouth, none of us had a, any clue what Mishad did. Yeah, it sounds like to him. He goes on Skype. He shouts at you, belittles you, sexually harasses you, and if you're a female. Um, belittle you, be extremely sexist towards you because you are a woman and you don't have a dick. So yeah, or just flat out ignores you. Yeah, even though or labels you as a troublemaker. Even though their entire communications were done via a fucking Skype group. Yeah, no company and... email, no communication through emails, no nothing. And apparently, ev- apparently everyone's canned over their telephone numbers their email addresses and their addresses but they wanted to do it all through skype for some mad reason keep it back keep this in perspective 
let's go back to 2015. There was over 40 content creators on that website. Imagine trying to have 40 people in a Skype chat. And the problem is, like, you know, have you, um, I know, like, it's so easy to talk shit about Skype and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, I, and I have my own grievances with the program, but I, I will say this right now. I have been in calls with, um, like, to 10 people, and it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Because the, the sound quality gets worse, the connection gets worse, and if someone has a bad internet connection, it fucks up the whole call. Yep. And 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 I've been in ch- chat groups on Skype, and they are terrible. They are not good for communication, because you have to fucking scroll through so much shit to see, to see what, what's addressed to you. And I'm not reading all that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the, the, what Holly says is about Mike Michelle as well, apparently, uh, well, about bat channels in general. They never understood social media, so they were happy with their little corner of the internet. I'm quoting word word from this. That's why um, Punk Biao ran the official Twitter for so long. They didn't think we need social. Even looking now, you can see they don't get it. So and another, another, another thing. Like, speaking of social media, I remember back in the day when they used to um, do trailers for all the content on the website, and the little fella by the name of Welshie did all that shit free. Yes, yep, And I he remember. got fucking screwed over. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he got really... I think he left, left on his own recall, though, which was good, but still at the same time, he, yeah, he got screwed over. I mean, he did all that shit for them for free. He was the one who was running their fucking Twitter account. Like, there at the time, none of them had, like, had like there was no Doug Walker official Twitter account or or the official Channel Awesome Twitter account. He was the one who ran like the that guy with the glasses uh, Twitter account. He was the one who was posting all the trailers and updates and all that shit. And it was just like one guy. No one else is doing this. It wasn't until later did other content creators get Twitter accounts and they're like, <clears throat> okay, follow us if you want, if you want um, an update on 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 whatever we're doing but but uh, but before then it was just like one twitter account that you had to follow to see what the fuck was going on because uh these people uh you know didn't understand social media yeah and it, and from when you read this document it sounded like they didn't want to bother to learn how to use most technology either and we will get into that as well um the rules are not enforced equally for everyone there is yeah. one person still on the site who didn't post for months but they didn't want to drop Despite the minimum video per month requirement, who do you think she was I talking want... about here? Spoony. It sounds like the only guy I can think of that dips in video quality. Who he's a content creator I can think of that he's the only one that comes to mind. I think he's big enough. They don't want to drop, but then he doesn't release enough content within a month. Yeah, because even when he was back on the site, he only like uploaded like old archive shit, and then it took him like. He got lazier and lazier and lazier when it came to uploading shit, and then like the whole drama thing happened. And they didn't like they they did they they uh didn't they, I I don't, I don't think that they like um it was a month later his, until they dropped him yeah, yeah they they dropped his uh, they said like oh he he uh, he left on his own accord and whatnot but they kept his shit on the website anyway which you which is bullshit because all the other people who were fired were wiped clean in that fucking hour, but yeah. not Spoony. Not Spoonie. Why? Because he was bringing in traffic. He was like yeah. the second biggest guy on that website, and they're like, "Okay, we can't get rid of him because so many people, um, uh, so many people um, 
uh, come to see him. Uh, the site lost a bunch of uh, stuff in 2010 or 2011 because it only existed on a single drive. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, because that single drive was Nostalgia Critic, and once they killed him off, oh boy. Uh, that's another thing you'll realize, that um, these people uploaded most of their content onto Blip, and they didn't save any of it, any, any backups of it. So most of those videos that they that, that weren't saved up in backup hard drives, they're gone forever. Unless someone mirrored them on YouTube, good luck finding them. Uh, that's I find that insane, to be honest. It's like, you wouldn't back them up at all anywhere. I, I, I find that really mind-boggling. I know, especially honest. especially when when it comes to like guys like Spoonie who did all who did this shit for a fucking living, and he didn't archive any of his old shit. And if you want to find his old shit, you have to find it through mirrors on YouTube, because he didn't fucking bother uploading it. <laughs> and he only yeah. did like one remaster video, even though he fucking promised to do like tons of remastered 2080p versions of his old reviews he did one video and that was skullduggery and he just uh and he just quit after that <laughs> Banush. bye bye i was also part of uh that guy with the glasses failed spinoff site bar bar fiesta which oh, i i, I no. forgot was even a thing i swear to god i was like oh yeah that was a thing where uh for those who don't remember um they did like a spin-off site talk, talking about um like uh brewery companies and, and I remember oh my god yeah I remember this. Uh they were talking about like brewery brewery comp brewery, uh, I cannot talk brewery. today. Yeah, brewery companies and they and they were doing they wanted to do like coverage of uh of uh, beer festivals and all that sh- all that shit but of course um they didn't uh they couldn't do it because uh, Mashad was too much of a cheapskate to pay for it, even though um, it was his idea. <laughs> so, yeah, so he wanted to, um, how how can we put it? Um, he wanted to cheap it. He wanted to do Rob to do, what is it, to create video blogs about it, and they wanted to play games when they do it. So, yeah, they wanted to do it on the, on the extreme cheap. And you can't do that if, if you don't have any money. And for it's some tough. and for some fucking reason, he's like, "Oh, you got to have a storyline in it." Why? He sounds like Vince McMahon. <laughs> not, 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 not Vince. Well, what's his face? Russo. You're thinking of the other oh, Vince? Oh yeah, Vince, Vince. The other Vince. Yeah, the other Vince. Yeah, he needs to have a storyline in it. Why? And the twist is, I'm actually a woman. Wait, Vince, <laughs> how does that make sense? I will get plastic surgery done. It'd be amazing, bro. Uh, Mike Ellis was upset that I would not pursue a relationship with him. He was married. This guy is a piece of work. Oh my god, yeah. It it gets funnier. Um, He was married, and I bought certain uh, severe mismanagement legal boundary here to light. In a previous meeting, there was nearly a fistfight between him and Mashad. I'm sad that I probably threw away the handwritten notes that were taken when Ellis was threatening to fire me. There were some real gems in there. I want to I want to say if there's any video footage of Mike Bashar getting a fight with Mike Ellis, please for the love of God, if Channel wasn't gonna sell it, if gonna sell anything, sell that for the love of God. That would be the funniest shit ever to see. Yeah, because have you seen have you seen the way Mike Ellis, uh, Mike, uh, what was his face, Mike Bashar talks? 
He has a fucking yeah. lisp. <laughs> it's just so hilarious. He sounds like the potato guy from um, Goonies. Oh, God. Sloth. Yeah. <laughs> Sloth from Goonies. God, I, 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 I feel bad for Sloth now. <laughs> Um, Mike Ellis got fired from C, uh, from from Channel and uh, Channel Awesome put me in a safe house for a few days because they were concerned he would come after me. Nothing was more strange than being escorted to my house with a group of guys with baseball ba- ba- bats and a sword so I could pack. <laughs> and we're gonna add on to this. I want to say Doug, um, Doug had the sword, but I'm pretty sure sure it be, um, belonged to Rob. On the other hand, I'm pretty sure it was Doug who tested the pepper spray by spraying it into the kitchen sink. It didn't go well. Oh my god, I can see that backfire horribly. Like the spray in the sink and it just sprays everywhere and everyone basically just get mace in their eyes. If you're being stalked by someone and you know that that person is dangerous and he has threatened you, you fucking call the police. Yeah. I do not know why these idiots didn't think, oh, you know, you know no, 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 we'll, we'll handle it, Holly. We'll handle it. You know, I don't feel safe, you guys. No, no, we'll handle it. We'll handle it. We got baseball bats and a sword and pepper spray. <laughs> like, oh. what, what the fuck? <laughs> Channel Chan awesome going over, urban commando. I uh, remember the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a vigilante and he's like, gentlemen, it's time to clean up this town. And Skinner's, oh, like, and Skinner, and Skinner's like, meaning what exactly? <laughs> you know, push people around, make ourselves feel big. Yes, yes, I can see that. I want someone to reanimate that scene now, but just put the faces of all the inner members of um, Channel Awesome and just put their faces on the actual characters instead. This is like some Homer Simpson type shit. Like, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm going to sound like, you know, a fucking asshole here. But like I said, if you're being threatened by someone and you know he's dangerous and you know he's threatened you, call the fucking police. I'm sorry. Oh, my. Yeah. Jesus. This suburban commando shit is just, oh. <laughs> you, you do just look at this and you're just like, what the hell has happened here? Let me tell you, let me tell you about the fury I had when they called me on the way to Doug and Rob's house to tell me that they were scrapping Suburban Nights. Them. No one is going to want to finish it. Me. Why do, why don't we ask them? I know for certain they want to finish this. Thankfully, I got them to at least agree to ask and then, and then call the producers to let them know what was up. I think this is probably all covered on the, in the DVD extras. And if you look on YouTube, I think someone uploaded those DVD extras, and I think it is, I think it definitely is on it, because they got everyone into one room and sat, um, they all basically just sat down and basically Rob and Doug basically saying, right, do you guys want to finish the verbal nights or do you want to do this improv, um, Cluedo style, um, horror mystery skit, um, instead? Which is insulting when you consider the fact all these people had to pay fucking money to get their asses to Chicago to well, fucking film is, this shit. Well, no, this, this is the thing. They paid for all of them, but now here's the scummy shit about it, was the fact that they basically told them, you have to do crossovers, and we want your crossover so we can recuperate our losses. Oh, and they had to give them the crossover videos. They couldn't, like, upload them themselves. No, we have to give it to Big Papa Mashad. Yeah. And he has to edit it, and then he will mistitle, mistitle your videos, 
misinform people about the video, doesn't bother to edit the videos correctly. Yeah. Oh, I, funny story. Now that you mentioned that, um, this was Mars Girl's complaint, and I, I wasn't until fucking recently I looked at her YouTube channel and I watched her videos, and I'm like, oh, so that's what she did. Uh, and all these years, I thought she was just like another fucking nostalgia critic character. I wonder why I thought that was. Maybe because oh. all the fucking videos were labeled like fucking nostalgia <laughs> critic episodes. Yeah, and also. And also as well, um, with that information as well, he, oh, yeah, it, it, it's really, really stupid. Because she, I think it was her, uh, Lindsay, and uh, the nostalgia chick, and that chick with the goggles were in that find the nostalgia chick competition. And that's probably the reason why they were edited in that way and also uploaded in that way. Because she did talk about, was it, she did a video on anime, on anime, on history animation about something was to, no, no, no. Was it animation, mislabeled. was an, was animation, uh, just a kid's museum or something like that. And then it was, yeah. it was labeled, uh, animation history. review or something like that. And it's just yeah. like, and people watched it and, and they were complaining about the misleading, misleading, uh, uh, title and accused her of being fucking clickbait. And that was not her intention. Nope. Thanks. Thanks, Mashad. <laughs> You're welcome. That's the title of this episode. Thanks, Mashad. I came to work on To Boldly Flee after surgery. The days I wasn't on set, I still gave them the notes based on the issues I I heard about. After that, after that, the only time I missed uh, filming was was when I had to go to, to get the drain taken out of my abdomen. I didn't think I ever received a final script to work from. Jesus Christ! Yep. That, uh, drain. That's that's not a pleasant little piece of surgery. That's a nasty piece of surgery. And it, oh my god! And they didn't the, pay. The, they didn't pay for it. Of course, there's no fucking health insur- health insurance for that. Yeah. <laughs> to keep that in mind as well, when they say final script, a lot of people did bring this up. I think everyone who worked on that, that anniversary film, Bowling Free, said there wasn't a final script until like the eleventh hour before shooting, because. Um, Doug and Rob kept arguing, kept fighting over the script and what what should be in it, what should have been in it. Getting an idea of how bad it was, because a lot of people called it mean-spirited. Give you an idea. I think it was in Linkaro's section and Lindsay's section when they they, they had to do a rape scene. And, and it was still... A, and and this, is, this goes to show you how fucking clueless Doug Walker is as a person. Because they brought it up and said, oh, you know, this 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 is basically a rape scene, and we don't feel comfortable with doing this, and he just didn't get it. It was just like, oh, I don't see the problem, guys. Like, he was that fucking clueless. And it's still, it's... it's still in the movie, but they just removed, like, some of the sounds. They removed all the lines from it. They just replaced it with overdubbed um, screaming. sound effects, mm-hmm. screaming, and as Lindsay cried it, around noises. And when you do listen, when you do actually sound, watch the scene, it literally is just arou- arousement scene sounds. They put it nicely. Yep. <laughs> so, Doug Walker, everybody, the guy who thinks he's like uh, the next Spielberg, and he's cl- cl- clueless about what uh, what to do with actors. And another thing about To Boldly Flee. Um, he went up to uh, Lupa and and just like after watching like one one or two videos from her and Todd's and said should we should we uh, incorporate the love triangle thing from your videos or not? 
and wrap it up in this. Yeah, and it's like, why would you even ask her that when you, you're the one writing the fucking movie? You should fucking know this. <laughs> you, sh- you should ask this in advance, not on, like, the day of the set and saying, yeah, do you want us to include this or not? And that's why all those scenes are awkward, because they were shot, you know, on that, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, and also with Lindsay as well, they actually delete a lot of her footage, so they had to fly her back out again to sit down and actually redo her lines again. Yep. <laughs> so more money had to be spent. And not to mention, you know, Spoonie and his mental health. <laughs> so, yep. Christ. I wasn't yeah, go- I, I wasn't even informed about the last anniversary. I was there for the Uncanny Valley. That's why I only worked on Matt's project. I was not invited to see an official one. I still don't have a copy of it. Yeah, I, I actually found the section of the script that had had the scene in. Do you want me to read it out? Yeah, I, I read it. I'm just gonna, I'll fucking read it just to. Because yeah. there is an extract of the script actually on the actual document. Uh, they which uh, which of... which person was? Uh, yeah, it is found it. Don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mechakara resistance is comical. Film brain, nostalgia chickling, Kara. There's a meeting uh, downstairs. No, no, ah, oh no, no, ah. Don't put it in there. Ah, do not resist. Submit, submit. Oh Christ! <laughs> I'll just uh, give you to a moment. Uh, chick off screen. Oh my God, your heart is metal. Yep. That, that scene and, and is, that's, and that's all I'm gonna read of the shit. Yeah, I'm gonna say that scene is still in the film, but that they they didn't record the dialogue for it. Yep, I, and sad the, pan, the sad panda and, and film brain stuff is still in the fucking uh, movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and um, on the day, apparently Lindsay and Lewis basically fought with Doug over it. Do not do the scene at all but then basically Doug pushed back saying okay what about we take the lines out and eventually they had to do the scene but just not with the lines or the dialogue he was just like fucking that clueless he was that clueless when it came to making movies he sounded like a lot oh, who, who was that filmmaker did he take the piss out of back quite a few years ago and he got in a big a big online fight over who, who was that guy I, I, I can't remember I think it was like a film, and it's something to do with a room. Yeah, that guy. Well, what happened to him? Yeah, he, he never amounted to anything. He never had. You know, he doesn't have a fucking cult fan base. And James yeah. Franco never played him in a movie. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think his name. Right, if you look at his first name, it kind of sounds like Jimmy, but I I can't remember what it is. Is it Billy Jimmy? Hmm. <laughs> Okay, yeah, Tommy, like, we talk, yeah, Tommy. We talk about Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I, I, Tommy Wiseau. After reading this, I have more respect for Tommy Wiseau as a fucking filmmaker than I do for Doug yeah. Walker. To give you an idea, right, apparently a lot of the stuff that they did on film set, from what people said, it sounded like a lot of stuff that Tommy Wiseau did. Only on, worse. <laughs> only worse. It's like, for instance, um, I'm reading out a bit here with Lindsay. I'm just going to summarize it. Um, she said apparently when they turned up to Kikarsia, they um, she asked um, Doug and Rob, 
that is there going to be any craft surfaces? And then I was like, wait, what? And they just laughed and just called her a princess. And um, then Spoonie spoke up and said, yeah, it's actually quite common to get craft surfaces on film set, like water and food. And you can get it, get it even on like university or student projects. It should be provided to anyone that works on the project for the day. And keep in mind, you've ever seen Kikasia? They filmed in a desert. Yep. They didn't bother the big, hmm, we've got a bunch of people here. Hmm, maybe we should buy a bunch of water and bring it with us so they don't get dehydrated. Oh, and another thing, um, there was no wrap-up party for To Boldly Flee. They had to, the cast had to pay for their own fucking wrap-up party. And surprise, surprise, Mike Rashad turned up after when the build was paid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> Oh, and uh, originally, in the original script, there was a lot of talk about uh, the age of reviewers being over, which apparently was supposed to be as it supposed to, made everyone feel uncomfortable because it was it made it it made it sound like the site was was going under and everyone was retiring, which wasn't yeah. true. <laughs> no, it was just Doug going to retire to rip off into oblivion. Yep. <laughs> which called demo real, by the way, and if you haven't heard of that. If you haven't heard of that name, we'll, we'll get, I'm we'll get to it. We'll get to Ooh. it. We'll get to Ooh. it when we get to fail, Phelan's section, because th- that's another one that's really fucking hilarious in a sad tone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Boldly Free, and also, keep in mind, when they were working on Boldly Free, they had to work up an attic, there was no air conditioning, there was no water that was being supplied, they did 18 hours days. Keep in mind, I do a 15-hour shift on a regular basis, on 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 different days of the week, an eighteen hour shift that is horrendous. And then when they get back, then they only get like three to four hours sleep. Some people said that they got, and that is just horrendous. You just sit there, and you think to yourself, "How on earth get this?" And also, was it they, they also said that someone got duct tape like on a cross? No, 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 cross? no. It, that was the rumor. The actual story was an actress was so tired from from doing scenes that she passed out. And they yeah, gave her a fucking it. Gatorade to wake her up. <laughs> don't don't call a medical professional on set or anything. No, no, no. Just just give her Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like they had. You would have thought on these type of film set, you would at least had one person, at least one person on set who has first aid training. Be, the at reason least. she the reason the reason she passed out was and she wasn't even part of the main cast she was like just an actress that they got for like one scene and and it was like so hot that day like she, she you know she had to do the scene over and over again that she fucking passed out it was heat it was because of a heat exhaustion from yeah what, from what I said yeah yeah because apparently where they were filming it, they normally had the air cons on but they didn't want to put the air cons on because it will make too much sound why they made the filming and. Everyone ended up getting really hot, really sweaty, and ended up passing out. And probably they didn't have enough water to give out to people to say, yeah, drink as much water as possible. Yeah, here's a, here's a fucking bottle of Gatorade. Going back to Holly real quick. I was the only person asked to work every day of the year. I worked through weekends, holidays, vacations, days I had surgery, everything. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> and, unless I could beg Mashad to do the daily site update for me, I worked. I requested multiple times to be able to pre-schedule the update and was always told no. Hell, I, t- I once took a meeting on Christmas. I missed events with my friends for years because they in- they insisted on an, uh, an an evening an evening upload time. 
Michelle was the only person other than me who knew who knew how to update the site. There is literally no reason as someone needs to sit and code for a daily website at the time of the update. Finally, they moved to the update time, but they still wouldn't let me pre-schedule pre pre it. Do you know how hard it is to do daily update and exact time if you happen to have a doctor's appointment or, or a dentist visit in the Chicago area? It became such a long-running joke in my family that I was always working that my dad and his wife were stunned the first time I visited them and didn't even pack my computer. The day before I was let go, I had surgery, came home, and did the update. The next day, I was asked to drive to the studio against doctor's orders to be told I was no longer employed. Fuck you, Mike Michaud. Eat a dick. And then the put the icing on the cake for that. She was forced to sign a contract to get her just to get entitled to her severance page, which the contract entailed that she could not work in the industry for three years. Yep. Yeah, sorry we fucked you over, but uh, <laughs> we're going to blacklist you now because we don't want you making any money. Fuck you. I was not provided with a reason I was let go. They didn't need they didn't need to because Illinois is just a is just a and and that will state. I th I think they had been pre pre preparing for it for a while because we had um we had just signed contracts for the first time only a month or so prior. I assume letting me ha ha have the surgery was a gift, but I could have liked a day or two to recover first. They had they had me sign another contract after I was fired because it didn't, if I didn't sign it, I wouldn't receive severance pay. That is just beyond fucking scummy, by the way. Yeah. The, this, con bit. this contract would bar me from working in the industry for three years. Three years. I could not be paid to con to consult, run a site, anything. My invo my involvement with Nerdvice and Circus Plus couldn't make me money. To give you an idea for that. Normally within the media industry, normally when you leave a big media company or a big entertainment f company, they're normally in your contract, they're normally saying that you can't work within three months. It's normal within that industry because they don't want you to pass trade secrets or all this sort of stuff over to other people. That's fine, okay? But, but, three years. That is career suicide. And, and that's pretty much what they did to her. I, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's pretty much blacklisting someone for doing nothing. Yeah. For and doing nothing. Why? Yeah. Because because Mashad was so fucking scared of her going to work for a fucking competitor that he wanted to fucking break her fucking legs before she could start running. I know that's yeah, an extreme right. fucking example, but that's the type of person he is. Yeah, give an idea. When you read Mars Girl's um, section, because she, um, for those that don't know, Mars Girl actually contributed on Screw Attack back in the day as well, on like within videos. Or oh, he gave section. her so much shit for that. Yeah, he saw Screw Attack as their competitors. This is how paranoid this guy is. Yep. He doesn't want other sites to steal their talents. And he saw Screw Attack as a competitor. Even though Screw, Screw Attack came first. Was been, was around way before fucking that guy with the glasses was. And now they're owned by Rooster Teeth. So, guess which one's doing a bit better? <laughs>
I don't even see anyone buying this site after after this. This, this site's going to fucking die out and no one's going to buy it. Who wants no. to fucking buy this shit? Yeah. And the thing is, the reason why they pushed this contract on Holly was because they just accumulated 90, um, 90k after Indiegogo campaign. Oh, and, and the Indiegogo campaign. The only reason they made the game show was because Indiegogo was uh, investigating them for fraud. Yeah, the reason why Indiegogo, um, long story short, I think we should talk about this, the pop quid hotshot slash Indiegogo Kickstarter. So back in August of 2013, um, Channel Awesome uses Indiegogo crowdfunder, they raised up to about 90k, for their popular pop culture game show, Retro Pop Culture Challenge, which was later retitled as Pop Quid Hotshot. A comic review show, which called Awesome Comics, and other game show revolve around video games, which was dubbed as The Gaming Godlet. Forty-something episodes were promised to Pop Quiz Hotshot. So, they raised the money for this show. After um, after six-plus months later, so many people complained to Indiegogo. Indiegogo threatened Channel Awesome as an investigation for fraud. Yep. Be- they did film a pilot. The, if you've never seen the pilot, the pilot is the one with Brad being the host because I think he only was the host in one episode and then Doug was the host for the remaining 12, if I want to say, because there's 13 episodes out of the 14 promise episodes. So the game show, when you look at it, it looks cheap, it looks tatty. The reason why they only filmed that many episodes when they filmed the pilot. They had dozens of problems with it because when they filmed the pilot, did the test episode, um, some incidents occurred when their studio was not sound dampened because of this. The Massage Critic episodes were filmed in office in the warehouse because it had less echo. You brought a studio, which, by the way, was more than a glorified storage unit, let's be honest, and... They didn't bother to use that money to dampen the sounds. Soundproofing? What's that? <laughs> God. Yeah. There are so t- they- t- to quote <clears throat> to quote Fred on this one. There are tutorials on YouTube that that uh, te- can teach you how to soundproof. It should not take more than thirty seconds. And with ninety k, you can do that very very professionally as well. Which they didn't do. And that just goes to show you just how fucking incompetent the walkers are as content creators. Like, they they talk a big fucking game about how, oh no, we were so talented and whatnot, but they fucking can't be bothered to do, to do, um, to soundproof their own fucking studio. Yeah. Um, they were told to have prizes for the game show by Holly. Um, they tried to rig the questions so the contestant would win but accidentally switched the cards so it went in Doug's favor. Doug spritz the prize of a $100 gift card. That's nice. He split the gift card. And it's it's not even like that that much. It was just like $100, which is just like the fucking cost of the bus ride there. So give him something <sighs> more than that, goddammit. So, give you an idea, um, in March 2015, a year and a half after the show was promised, after the Indiegogo threatened to investigate, Mike Mashar forces Doug and Rog to release the episode of Hot Quid Pop, Pop Shop, 
after 12 episodes, the show is cancelled because that legally covers them as effort, I put that in quotation mark, effort to fulfill the Indiegogo goals. Awesome Comics began production, which I do remember they actually made a lot more episodes for that, using old the old game show share. So basically they re recycled the old game show share in March 20, 2016 and the end of March 2017. The game gauntlet never materialised. So. so essentially, anyone who backed on that money, you got swindled out of your own money. Yep. Just Just so these guys can do this. I guarantee you, they wanted that 90k, they paid back, paid back for buying, buying that warehouse. Yeah, because they said even in the kit, in the fucking Indiegogo, um, Indiegogo introduction video that they spent money on that warehouse and they didn't, they didn't know that they wanted something to do with it. And, you know, instead of doing something with it, they're just like, okay, fuck it, just like make our money back by getting fucking idiots to donate. Yep. And keep in mind, one of the stretch goals was, one of the rewards was pay us um, $500 to, for a Skype call with Rob and Doug for 30 minutes. And wasn't it like a ridiculous one? It's like one even higher that you pay more, you get to appear in an episode of Nostalgia Critic, but they will not provide you hotel, room, or travel. Yep, you gotta pay for that, you know? Yeah. You gotta pay out your own pocket for that. <laughs> you can have dinner with us, but you know we're not gonna pay you to pay for the flight or or any of that shit. You, you but you can have dinner with us. <laughs> we can be all nice to you. Uh, going on, going to Benzai section real quick. At no point was ever, was I ever told my vid archive would not would not transfer from that guy with the glasses channel awesome, or that I was let go or 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 whatever. Which happened the years I published a feature-length movie and a TV series, albeit in French but subtitled. So again, no fucking archive. <laughs> yeah, pretty piss poor. Well done, guys. Guess I burned my bridge when uh, when notified when when notified Mike Michaud he shouldn't be selling my girlfriend's artwork as limited prints without giving her a share a share since. The shirt she got in exchange back when she did the Suburban Nights art was simply for for the DVD and not at at Vedum rights to sell her art. What a wonderful guy Mashad is! What a wonderful world. <laughs> well, uh, Benzai's girlfriend does the artwork for them, and uh, they sell it out of they sell it anyway, and they don't give Which... her any they don't give her dick. <laughs> Well, this this is the thing I always find with artists' artwork when it comes to it. When you commission someone to use it, you should be upfront with the commissionee about what you your intentions are to do with said cover. And they were not upfront with him because they he was only Spencer and his girlfriend were only told they're only going to use this for the DVDs, and that's it. But Mike Bouchard went ahead and didn't even ask him. The only courtesy to ask them, is it all right? I you I can reuse your prints that you made for the DVD and resell them as prints. I find my fortune elsewhere, but man, but management was indeed a farce at Channel Awesome. This is the this this at least taught me to never slave away from free uh, from for free. No no matter what exposure I would get. Yep, they were all paid in exposure. By the way, none of them were paid for the for the shit. By the way. <laughs> That's what yeah. they were told. They were like, "Oh, you'll get paid in exposure." 
Looking back, if, this was disrespectful, regardless of how much I I owe, I owe uh, that guy with the glasses, which is a shame because I really like Benzai. Benzai made made good stuff. Benzai actually, he's actually actual proper TV produce, uh, actual proper TV presenter in France, isn't he? Yep, uh, some so of actual fucking talent. <laughs> yeah, he was actually generally funny as well. He was actually really funny, for what I remember from. Hey, my name's he... Benzai. I don't like you didn't take it up the ass from guys. <laughs> He was one of these people that didn't give a shit about what he what he said for comedy sense, and that's sort sort of what you need need when you're doing comedy. And he was very very good at it. To be honest, oh, yeah, I remember of... I remember he he did uh, review hentai games for fun, and I thought that was really fucking hilarious. Yeah, because he like you said like we said he is actually a professional video game journalist in France. For those who are wondering. So, so uh, you know, we we talked shit about uh, Mike Mike Machado. We touched on we only touched on the surface of Mike Ellis. Let's 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 go let's go a oh. bit deeper. Let's go deeper with Mike Ellis. Oh my god, just to see you, just to see how fucking nuts this guy is. And I'll, I'll, keep in mind, people, uh, this guy was uh, was the CEO COO of the company. So let's let's see what our buddy Sean Faust has to say about him. Oh god, this this. Okay, this is gonna be interesting. When I was at CA in my f- f- first year or so, I found myself frequently in a group call with Mashad, Bargo, and some sometimes Ellis, Aussie, Rollo, and myself. Usually, some sort of mix and match of all of all of those. Dur- during but sometimes calls would end up with just just uh, being just Rollo, T, myself, and Ellis. We all had a pretty, uh, pretty different sense of humor, but our personalities worked, and we'd sometimes just uh, spend convos just laughing our asses off or whatever the hell we, we would talk about at night. So it sounds innocent enough, right? Yeah, so, it sounds innocent enough, right? You know, right. like, oh, come on, come on, guys. And like, what's, what's, what's going on? However, one night in particular after a call, <laughs> Ellis kept messaging me afterwards on Skype. This wasn't unusual. We, we'd usually be just BS about stuff. However, he was supposedly intoxicated. I say supposedly because that's easy to say later. And he was typing very co- coherently. Not one misspelled word, not one misspelled word during our conversation. What started as a simple enough conversation quickly became a very uncomfortable. Yeah. For those who find harassment uncomfortable, yeah, you might want to just buckle in for this one. He kept asking me personal and personal details, eventually going full on, full into, I heard from a little birdie that you were gay. Oh, I heard you were, you were at least bi. Oh, you're just curious about guys then. Really, really pushing as if he was fishing for something. Maybe he was desperate. The conversation quickly turned very one-sided and even more uncomfortable as, as he would uh, went and telling me uh, all these things he wanted to do to me, the things he, he wanted to, to me to do to him. Just give him a shot. Just give him a shot, he said. This went on for two hours. <laughs> Christ on a bike. For these two hours, I typed not one word to him. But he had this entire conversation with himself. <laughs> and multiple times tried the whole, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you off, tactic on me. 
as if it was going to make things better. Oh my god. This is just really cringy and very awkward. CEO of the company, guys. The chief operating officer, Christ. I showed this conversation log to two people. I believe I showed part of it part of it to Rollo T because I was freaked the fuck out and he was the guy I trusted the most. And I remember him being completely blown away. The other person I showed was Mishad. Oh good. This right, if you haven't heard this people, this is amazing. This this comeback from the CEO is mind blowing. I messaged Mashad, telling him, look, look what this guy is doing. I'm super freaked out. And keep in mind, I believe this was just before the anniversary brawl. The the only thing I ever heard from Mashad was, damn it, I told him he couldn't be doing this. (laughs) I'll take care of it. And then it was never spoken of again. I never heard from Ellis again. And I have zero idea if this was part of the reason he was fired from the company or not. (laughs) <laughs> wait, 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 if you know, the thing with Mike Mashad, if he knew he was doing this shit, A, how how many people was he doing this to? B, if Mike Mashad knew this was happening, why the fuck did he say, damn it, I told him not to do this shit? He could have just said, I take care of it. Even then, if he just said, I take care of it, then he sound like he's in the clear. At least, you know, saying, damn it, I don't know what to do this shit. Implying that he knew he's done this shit. He's done this shit to someone else before. And also, it's been an I, 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 just, I, I just want to make one thing clear if, if Sean is listening to this. And I mean, just in case he, if he is or not, um, I'm not laughing at you. What happened was horrible. And I, I can't imagine going through that. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that, sir. I'm just laughing at how fucking. And how, fu- how much of a fucking idiot Michaud is. I'm I'm sorry if if I if I may come off as insensitive, but we, I'm just we, laughing at, at just how incompetent <laughs> Michaud is. The thing is, um, we want to make this very clear. We're not laughing at the situation. We're laughing. We're not laughing at the individual. We're not laughing at the individual. We're laughing at the situation because you cannot make this shit up. And lo and behold, this shit happens. I told him you can't keep doing. <laughs> That line, it's just that one line. It sounds like something out of a comedy sketch. <laughs> damn it, uh, damn it, Bob! I told you you can't keep raping the fucking dead corpses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Come on. <laughs> Weirdly enough, the Seinfeld hatred that I sometimes joke about actually has to do with the story. Two of the things Ellis said to me during that he had stuck in my head because of how pathetic and how fucking weird it was. One, he kept calling me his sexual cupcake. What the fuck is that? He wants to lick his cream. I'm guessing that's probably the implication, but Christ on a bike. Oh my God. Uh, After those hours of him talking to himself, he finally gave up talking talking to me. But he did make one last ditch effort to to hit on me, and by far was the worst pickup line I have I have ever been given. Hey, 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 Sean, hey, Cupcake, do you like Seinfeld? No, no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It... This is what we're talking about: sexual harassment. The females got sexual harassment, and the males got sexual harassment for management. And look, I don't want to, 
I don't want to sound like I'm I'm taking a dig at, at Faust here, but for those that don't know what Sean Faust look looks like, yeah, he's a big dude. Let's yeah, just let's yeah, leave at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so calling a big guy a sexual cupcake. <laughs> you know exactly what what he was calling him. You know exactly what he wanted from him. Uh, he likes him big. I'll give him that. <laughs> <sighs> We are so sorry, Sean. We are so so sorry, but I mean, again, I'm sorry. That was easy. I'm sorry, dude. But that just, I just, I just had to. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. It is just really disturbing and really cringy. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I Speaking think of... I think we 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 talked about the big ones. Uh, anyone? Oh shit, Phelous. God, Phelous. Phelous, yeah. Phelous, Phelous. Where's Phelous? Phelous! Uh, which, which page is he in? Uh, I think he's in uh, Lindsay. I think he's in the Skews Looper section. Yeah, okay. Because there's... With Lupa, I think Lupa already covered most of her stuff. I, I really don't want to go through the fucking Lupa stuff. Because some of it's like already known... Like, she got fired from... Because she didn't reply to a Skype yeah, chat yeah, for yeah. within 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's known. She talks about um, the all the all the shit being in, done in, like, um, in, like, a Skype group. When we talked about that, we talked about the Indiegogo thing. Yeah. Oh, there's one thing in Linkaro's section. Mike Machado didn't bother to hire admins for the form rooms. He made his video producers do it for him. Oh, yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> So that's another one. Um, Linkara was an admin for the for the for the form, and he didn't want to. And and he's like, was, okay, you can edit any any form uh, topic you want, but you cannot edit your own form. Yeah. So he made Filmbray, who's another video producer of the website, made him an ad a moderator. Then Lewis mentioned, oh, you should get more moderators. So what Michael Shaw doing is in Windsor. He made Lewis a moderator. Neither one of them asked for the job in the first place. And they're both video producers said of said website. And keep in mind, the website itself was coded poorly. And the forms Very. are no, expo- no exception. <laughs> give an idea, the website was nothing more than a um, $100 template. Give you an idea. I'm just, I'm just going to quickly sum this up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, apparently, Mike Rashard went to the white, the people who designed the White House webpage. They quote him 50k. He goes with a hundred dollar template, and it's like a template for a sports website, <laughs> which you can actually find. It's a ten year old template for the site. To this day, it's a Ike Sports template. And if you go on there, on their website to buy the template, you still find Bar- Bar- Barbie Fester and Best of Fun still under that. And that's how and that's how people um, archived most of the shit, because <laughs> they didn't keep bother deleting it. <laughs> yeah. Blistered uh, bl- thumbs real quick. Um... Should I mention this? Because I, I remember uh, back in the day there was like a, a drama between what was it? Was it Hellfire Comms or was it someone else? I can't remember who it was, but long story short, for those who don't know what Blister Farm is, 
it was a sub website for Channel Awesome that was going to have host all their video game creators on one said page. And people like Angry Joe, Sean Faylis, um, Lolcat, um, Solonix Spoonie, um, Awesome Video Games were all on this web- website page and they all contribute to make video content for it. They were told from outside sources that the site was closing down. And they didn't they know, see... and they didn't know about it until the day it would close down. Yeah. And, you would have. And yeah. here's here's another fun story. The only person who was in charge of running that site, <laughs> Angry Joe. No one else was in charge of running that site. I felt sorry for Angry Joe because I think from the, from what I've heard from a lot of people, he put so much hard work into that site, and then Mike Sharp basically shut down the website without telling anyone. Yep. <laughs> Dick move. Dick move, man. And all those videos, all those reviews, all that shit, never archived. All gone. Good luck finding them. Yeah. The other thing which I find really, really baffling as well, I'm going to go back to Linkara one here, because um, for those that don't know, if you don't follow Linkara, Linkara has, is a top of the fourth wall movie. Um, he ran a successful crowdfunding campaign, made money. He originally approached Mike Machard about renting their studio. So he charged, he said something about he said something about, he, he quoted them. He said, no, you cannot do that because you will interrupt the filming of the Stouter Critic. And apparently the quote he gave him was horrendous. And then he's saying that, no, then we have to buy a liability insurance, which we don't want to buy a liability insurance. So they weren't insured. Awesome. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it is really bad. So give you an idea. Um... So basically, Lewis had a 60k budget, so he found a studio near where he'd live, and actually in driving distance of a lot of the content producers, so it was only an hour drive for him to get to, and uh, it was like 10k per day, So he and apparently he rented it for four days, so that's four times the budget on, on that on the, for those days, and they had someone there. Yeah, and they were trusted to use said studio, and it worked, you know, and they used it quite a bit. But when they wanted to use the film space from the company that they worked for, they said, no, could you interrupt the nostalgia critic stuff? Oh, and when Lupa flew out to Chicago on her own money to film... Oh, to fil- to film... Shut up and talk. No, no, she filmed two things. A crossover review with, with nostalgia critic, which... Which uh, was was a pain in the ass to film because other people were using the studio, and she told Michaud to to um to try it. She told Rob to to try and keep to keep their filming down, which they didn't. So they had to film with with all the noise in the background. So that was fun. And then she filmed a shut up and talk section, where Doug just was too stupid to get her answers, and it was an awkward interview, and it was never posted. I really want to see that interview now. <laughs> because because one of the questions was, he, uh, Doug asked her, well, what was your voice based on? And she's like, it's just my voice. Yeah, but who you're trying to, um, who you're trying to imitate? No one, it's my voice. 
And I just want to picture Doug Walker just looking at her with this confused fucking look. Like, error, error, does not compute, does not compute. I will admit I would say as good as Rupert's come, come back through to it, but it's just what, what she thought about it at the time. She said, yeah, it's an original thing. It's not like ripping off other comedians. Which is basically Ouch. which is basically Doug's entire fucking MO. This is again, this is the this Doug's idea of humor is basically have people show up and have them dress up as famous pop culture characters and it will be funny. Yeah. Well again, um I just found this one bit that we haven't mentioned. For those who are wondering about their company's policies, when they sign the contract there's a section on said contract said for company policy. All company policy is laid out on the uh, layout in this link. And then when it says link, coming soon. <laughs> so you sign a contract, and you it does not tell you what are the company's policies. Uh, they didn't even sign contracts. They worked like how many years without contracts? It wasn't until later did they sign contracts. It was, it was until boldly free. Um, Holy free when they started signing contracts. And that was in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> Quite far into the into the website's lifespan. And now that you mention it, like, looking back at Tuboldi Flea, I do remember Lupa looking very tired of in, oh. in, in her scenes, and now I know why. <laughs> oh. Did you see Fade? I think someone actually made a compilation video online. I can't remember their name, but basically they got all, all the scenes with Faelis in it, and you see him in the background, and he looked like he's sleeping on the set <laughs> in the background. I saw actually... that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame any of them falling asleep on the set. It's just from the sound of things. And speaking of Faelis, um, he was brought on to do the special effects for, for, for To Boldly Flee. He was uh, not given uh, enough time to work on them. He was given uh, stuff that uh, was way too complicated to do with with uh, with, the, with the technology he was given. He was told that he was a two D animator, not a three D animator. Yep. And they didn't pay him for any of it. <laughs> any of it. <laughs> All that work for nothing. Yeah, and also speak about Boldly Free. I just want to bring this up: the costumes incident. Um, for those who are wondering, I'm just going to read out Lindsay's bit really, really quickly, and then I'm going to go over to Mars Girl's bit because she goes into quite detail about it. Apparently, for the project, um, Lindsay most regret was the Boldly Free. I made my discomfort with Doug's explanation uh, explanation before. I stepped foot in Chicago, so this should come as no as a surprise to no one. Um, as has been discussed elsewhere, my character's name, a parody of '79, was originally '90 to '60. Get it? '60 to nine. Doug um, didn't seem seem why this might raise um, heckles. My biggest objection was the outfit I was expecting to wear. I had no saying the fact, and Doug wrote my character based on 7 to 9, and I have been being told to dress like that, uh, dress like the character. I wanted to read that because some people did not like being objectified like that. Now, when I go over to Mars Girl's section, she talks about the costumes because she was left in... Marshard actually contacted... I can't remember if it was. I think Marshard or Rob contacted her 
and basically asks her to make said costumes for the specials. The boldly free one in particular. So when she was making the costumes, I'm going to read out what it says here. Um, before filming to boldly free, I was asked immediately to make kosh, um, a costume of um, Leela from Futurama. Lucky I did not make it far in the constructions of this costume because I retrieved an email from Doug saying that I need to make a costume of Major Consigner from Ghost in the Shell, standalone complex, and a very specific outfit of hers. <clears throat> um, there was only a couple of weeks left before um, the shooting of the movie, and I had to make some expensive and fast purchases to throw it all throw all this together. We were told if we were if we made our costumes ourselves during bold to boldly flee, they would pay us for the construction um, of the costume. So, um, sounds sounds good so far, doesn't it? Right. This way, where it gets um, a bit shady and a bit shitty. Um, if we met, uh, met two conditions, one, we have to provide provide receipts for the material used for the said costume. Okay, that's a fair request. And this is where it goes downhill. And two, we had to turn our costumes over to Channel Awesome. I was frustrated with this idea and decided I wanted to keep um, keep the major Kasuni costume for myself. I meant I uh, it meant taking a a financial loss, but I was not happy that I would have to hand over a costume that I had to both make and wear myself. Yep. She 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 made the costume herself and she was told that um that that, that uh that she couldn't keep it. That 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 was that it belonged to Channel Awesome, even though it would have fit. It was fucking custom made for fit that individual. Yep. Even though Channel Awesome had nothing to do with the production, they didn't even pay them to fucking commission the fucking out outfits for them to say we own we own the rights. Yeah, I think the only costume they got made was the RoboCop one, and that's it. And even then. And the no no and the Judge Dredd one they got made themselves as well. I think those are the only two that got made. Everyone else that had to wear costumes in that film had had to make their own one. I think even Brad with with the um, Darth Vader helmet had to get that commission he made as well. No, that was a fucking toy. Oh really? Yep. I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> that was a that was a Darth Vader um, voice changer helmet with the with the voice cha- voice changer stuff taken out of it. And glasses like strapped on, glued onto it. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay, that's news to me. Because I had that exact same Darth. I was like, "Hell, oh, that looks familiar." Oh wait, it's the fucking Darth Vader voice changer from Hasbro. But they took out all the fucking voice stuff in it and just like duct taped fucking glasses on it. <laughs> <clears throat> that's how cheap these assholes are, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I think we literally has covered the large majority of the biggest controversy on this said said thing. I can't think of anything else. Can I, you? I just I just want to say one last thing that's really funny. Well, Lupa never received a copy of the to Boldly Flee DVD. Neither did many of the fans who bought them because they messed up the orders and it was never fixed. Yeah. 
and the guy who made the DVD covers um, called, I can't never remember his name, it's Ed something. He's an actual filmmaker, by the way, who actually done some good material. Oh, Ed, Gra- who, Ed, Ed, uh, Ed Grazer. Oh, my God, he got pissed off. After Baldy Free, he left, he left Channel Awesome, swearing he's never going to work for them ever again. It's such a shame because that dude is fucking talented. He he is. If you check out his work with uh, with Brad Cinema Snob on, on his on, on his stuff, they did like a what was that a ninjas ninjas the although the, ninja things are funny. Yeah, the, the ninjas ninja. the ninja things with, with Lupo, ironically enough. <laughs> yeah, and also he re-edited and re uh, republished um, Turkish Rambo as well, if I'm not mistaken, which was called Rampage. Yeah, really talented guy. Really fucking talented guy. Such a waste. He was such a waste. Like that's the thing. I, in closing, I want to say this: like they had really talented people on that website, but they never fucking used them to their, to their full potential. Like you had what was I, I? I think this wasn't even mentioned before. I I think we talked about this before. Uh, uh, what was it? Where where? where if you go back to the older Nostalgia Critic videos, you would see that they, they would use to commission an artist to draw the, the title cards. But they, oh. beca- they, but they became, like, so fucking cheap that they just, like, Photoshop them now. And they look awful. Yeah. Very, very, very bad. And actually, all they are, basically, is Doug's face edited onto the said movie poster or a image from the film, and that's it. And and in closing, like um, I'll just I'll just say this, like uh, what what did we learn from this? I think what we learned is the idea of 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 Channel Awesome was simple. They wanted to do like a a big sort of uh, a competitor, uh, not a competitor to YouTube, but like a a site where where you can have so many content creators come together and become like a tour divorce brand. And I think in the right hands and better management and competent people behind the scenes, this could have been so much bigger than it actually was. And 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 if you want proof of a uh, proof of Ch- Channel Awesome being done right, go to Red Letter Media, because they're basically Channel Awesome done right. Yeah. And you know, I I've never been a fan of Channel Awesome. I mean, there are some content creators that I've watched, and I would say, okay, I I would watch like some Spoony videos here and there back in the day. I would watch like some Brad Jones Cinema Snob stuff, but I wouldn't call myself a huge fan. I think the only person I really really like watched religiously from 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 that time was um, was Cinema Snob from was Brad, and outside of that, I don't. Everyone else was just like a hobby for me, but to, to but to hear like how bad things were behind the scenes, how actually incompetent the walkers are, and how much of a fucking piece of shit Mike Ellis and, and Mike Michaud are as people, it, it's horrifying. It really is, and, and and you just and you just wonder like, wow, man, is. Like all are all online communities and and projects and all this type of shit like this, and, and you just kind of wonder like, you know what, you know these people could have been, Channel Awesome could have been a huge fucking brand, but um, but they but they got but they but but they were brought down by incompetent management.
incompetent in management refusing to change with the time, refusing to respect people as human beings and just downright just not following correct procedures. And refusing and, and, and what's insulting is like they, they brought in most of these people and told them you you'll get exposure. But the thing is they, they never did. I mean, a few of them, yeah, they probably gained a few extra subscribers, a few more views than normal, and a lot of people basically, the, the, the outcome of this is basically people had enough, they spoke with their voices, it has had a negative effect on Channel Awesome, a lot of content creators have said, this is enough, we are leaving, and the site is just bare bones now, and... I'm not on the website at the moment, and I think the list has gone even less now as we've done this recording. I think one more person from the gaming section has just left. And who's going to be left now? I think the only two big names are Brad and, and Doug. That's it. That's the only two big names I can think of. Yeah, Brad, Doug, and Angry Joe. Those are the only ones. I don't even count Angry Joe because Angry Joe's like YouTube full-time now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. We're going to go on Angry Joe. Angry Joe's done well for himself outside Channel Awesome. He doesn't need him. He can leave. And he, and he gets the I, I, don't, he, I don't think he knows that he's still on there. I don't think he. They, they told him, like, they, they still host his content on there. I don't think he knows. Content, I think he's content on there. But again, when you go on his YouTube channel directly, there's more videos on his YouTube channel than it is on the Channel Awesome page. So I think they're just leeching off of him. Yeah. Again, he almost has three million subscribers. He doesn't need Channel Awesome. Yeah, I mean, and most people know Joe from YouTube. They don't know him from yeah. Channel Awesome. Exactly. And just, I, I feel sorry for the people affected by this. And I mean, I'm not, not, not. I mean, I'm like I said before, but at the start, I know I didn't go through through some of the other complaints because most of them were fucking petty shit that was honestly fucking stupid and, and not worth my time. I just went through the stuff that uh, disgusted me, and I, I will say this right now. I hope to God that uh, that Mike Ellis and Mike Mashad never work in the industry ever again. Ever. They are two yeah. disgusting individuals, and they deserve no fucking respect from anybody. No. And on that bombshell... Um... Yeah, on that bombshell, um, we're glad you guys listening to this special edition of our podcast, which is ran over over for an hour now. Yeah, um, don't ask me about Channel Awesome ever again after this. So, <laughs> talked about it, it's done, unless something really big happens. Like, 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 like the channel gets shut, shut, shut down if Doug leaves, something that big. We're, we're, we're more than likely are going to talk about it again then. Until then, we are not going to speak about Channel Awesome ever again. I will just make like one or, one or two Spoonie jokes here and there because he's just too funny not to make fun of at this point. But other than he, that, not really. He is a mess. He is a massive lol cow. Yeah, which is sad. I yeah. used to watch him back in the day. Same. I was a fan of his. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for listening, you guys, and I'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.